0: You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network.
1: MyMac Podcast 384. Choice tidbits from Tanya Angst. You're listening to the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast.
2: 384. Well, I'm glad we've got to 384 because Guy last week <laughs> sent out an urgent message right after 383, Guy. Oh my uh, god. How are you and more importantly,
1: how is Mrs. Guy? <laughs> Mrs. Mrs. parrott is just fine though. It was, you know, let me let me give you the the brief rundown of what happened like right after we got done recording, I went upstairs, I hadn't started editing yet. And uh, I had made some, some chicken for Tracy and the kids so that, you know, they'd have something to eat while I was, you know, down here podcasting. And <clears throat> Tracy was like in all kinds of distress. She couldn't swallow. She had all this pressure in her chest. You know, we weren't sure if it was like just you know, like could have been a heart attack or God knows what. But she she didn't want to go to the hospital right away, even though I was like, you know, we should probably go to the hospital. No, 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 no. Finally, by uh, 830, uh, East Coast time. I was like, "Look, we're going to the hospital." So we get to the hospital, and of course, you're in the waiting room for you know nearly a week. And <laughs> by the time the doctor finally came to see us, it was like 11:30 at night. And he checked her out real quick and said, "Okay, this isn't good." And he, he called in her. And uh, I know I'm not this NDO Car something like that. It's this this doctor that we've been dealing with for a long time for various things. He's really, really good, Dr. McCone. So they call him in. By the time he gets in, they have an OR prepped, and it's about 12, 31 o'clock in the morning. So they go in, and what they found was from her esophagus all the way down to her stomach was all impacted. It was completely blocked up. And that was, you know, she couldn't, she wasn't having trouble breathing, fortunately, but, you know, just nothing was going down. So they, they took care of that, got her back home about 3 o'clock in the morning. And then we had a follow-up appointment on Friday where they did the same procedure to see if they could see if there was anything else that was wrong. And other than a little inflammation, everything was fine. So she's on some medication for, like, really bad acid reflux. You know, basically what happened was her esophagus, like, spasmed. And just wasn't letting anything go down. All right. So but fortunately, you know, there was a happy ending and Tracy is fine. The kids are fine. I'm still going to Macworld, which is, of course, the, the most important part of this entire story. <laughs> <laughs> kidding, kidding, kidding. So that, that's is, basically he is, he is what kidding, happened. Tracy, honestly. Yeah, honestly. Well, like she yeah. listens to the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> somebody, will, somebody, you should listen. You should hear what your husband said on the MyMac.com dot com podcast. Well,
2: yeah. All she's got to do is get a, the uh, the feed and pick out three eighty four, isn't she? I mean,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I'm and as far as the Mac World Expo goes, uh, I'm I'm essentially ready to go. Other than packing my clothes, I've got. I think I've got my workflow set up to use the iPhone and the iPad only. Cool, and, and you know if something goes wrong, that's fine. We're going to have like nine people there this year, so there'll be lots yeah. of other computers to do stuff on. And, oh, and the last thing I want to mention, while we're on that topic, is we're going to have a a, a MyMac Mac World Expo meetup on Wednesday, which is the which is January twenty third at twelve noon Pacific time, outside of the Moscone Center West, and. Well, if, we-
2: We'll mention that again because there's a, a piece on the MyMac.com website, right, isn't there? Right, it? right, so, yeah. right. We can point people to that to, uh, to find out the details.
1: So to uh, to move on to something that that's a little lighter, uh, I love what you have here. Go ahead.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: Now – I was told some time
2: ago by Darren Griffin, who's actually uh, appears uh, again again actually later on in the in the show in in feedback on email. But I was told some time ago uh, that there's no point in actually. Um, Stopping all your apps, you know, when you go onto the, uh, when you double click your home button or you scroll up and you get onto the uh, multitasking bar um, that appears from the bottom of the screen, right. um, I I press and hold one of the icons and and go through and close them all. And as Darren pointed out, he said, "Well, Fraser Spears, who's a um, a guy over here, does a lot with iOS stuff, especially with iPads uh, in education up in Scotland, um, has recently proved." that um, there is no need in basically stopping the apps on the iPad. But I've kind of got into a bit of an (laughs) OCD process. (laughs) And it's been proved to me quite clearly that I do not need to stop them. However, However, uh, my OCD kicks in (laughs) all the time. And all I want to do is just stop the apps, you see. So I, I must stop. God, must I must, stop. Stop. must, I must stop. stop. I must stop. <laughs> must stop. <laughs> I must
1: stop. I
2: must stop. But funnily
1: enough, Honest, Honestly, Co- I do that sometimes myself. If, well, if do, I feel well, like the enough, iPad isn't going like the way it should, I'll start going through it and, and killing apps. And I know funny. that it makes no difference whatsoever. <laughs> but the funny thing is, David Cohen sent me a, um,
2: uh, a tweet afterwards, and he said… Um, Yeah, that's your Windows days. That's a hangover (laughs) from your Windows days. And he could be right. He could well be right.
1: Yeah, I think so. Uh, Why don't we move on? Because this is going to be a, believe me, this is going to be a jam-packed show. It is so,
2: because we've 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 got some oh, we've got a uh, a Mac specialist coming up. We have a uh, guest in the second. We have a guest in the
1: second segment. Yep, Yep,
2: yep, Superb, superb. So, right. So, right.
1: should we go to the MyMac website? I think we should get right to the MyMac dot com stuff. Oh, and get and, and what's on first? Uh, what's on first is <laughs> speaking on of the devil. <laughs> Third base <laughs> is uh, take control of your iPad book review by.
3: You say Pacelli, and I say Pacelli.
1: And the uh, the author is Tanya Angst from Tidbits Publishing, and I, I know that name from somewhere. I know that name from somewhere. I just D- can't quite place it. No. Well,
2: well that's perhaps it'll come back to us later.
1: Yeah, I'm sure it will. Okay, next
2: on, <laughs> on the MyMac.com website is a tip for home theater users. And I think that's your brother, isn't it, Larry Grinnell? Yeah, that's,
1: that's Larry Grinnell. Looking forward to seeing him uh, in about a week or so out at Macworld. Yeah, Room. and basically I think he's, he talks about some
2: tips for using, um, well, a home theater with, you know, the way to control
1: uh, your Apple TV, I believe. No, Mac Mini, used with like oh, Plex, Mini. Plex-based oh, okay. media center.
2: Okay, well, that's, um, because I kind of use it with the, the Bluetooth keyboard, to be honest with you, and a, and a mouse. So.
1: Yeah, he does the same, but he's, yeah. he's, he's tried a, a bunch of different things. Yeah, he's got some, they've got some very,
2: I have seen these before, but they're, they're most odd contraptions with a keyboard on them. Yeah. And I think they're so you can kind of put, plant them between your legs, but I think they are anyway, or just hold them. We want to add their, are odd looking contraptions. <laughs>
1: Anyway, Larry yeah. gives
2: us a bit of a, a review on those, so uh, well done, Larry.
1: Yep. Uh, next up is the Low Pro Messenger 160AW review by Steve Hammond. This is a camera shoulder bag. Yeah, and it's it's a
2: camera shoulder bag specifically. I, I have to say that because there is another bag review coming up from Low Pro for right. cameras later on. So, and they're they're obviously slightly different. Next on the uh, website is Copycats Tech Fan podcast number 62 yeah, i um, haven't had a chance to listen to this one yet yeah i've listened to it and uh it's quite a good one actually enjoyed it, enjoyed uh, it. well well done tim
1: and um and david I think yeah david i'll be talked. listening to that on my on my drive to ohio yeah uh let's see the next one is a low pro photo sport 200 aw review by mark rudd and i think this is the same kind of bag that he had uh last year for the mac world expo and you know it, It's not a really huge bag, but it holds everything. I mean just everything.
2: Yeah, it's more of a, a rucksack, whereas the other one was kind of an, an over the shoulder bag. This is yeah. more, more of a rucksack and it's got one of those bags that comes over, you know, it's for, it's for a more sporty type to, you know, so you can take your camera and bits, uh, out with you. And, you know, if you're going to be taking some pictures down in the woods and it's pouring with rain, it's got one of those covers which goes over the whole bag as well. So yeah, that's, uh, um, that's quite a good review, actually. So, uh, if you're thinking about getting a, uh, a camera bag, go take a read. Yep. Um, okay. Then the next one, which we hinted to, I think we hinted to earlier. Maybe, um, uh, maybe, which was the MyMac readers and podcast meetup. So, um, and, oh, and
1: you know what? I love this picture because if, y- if you look y- at it from a distance, it looks like he's saying, Okay, right up there near the top of the building. Yeah, Yeah, that's what I thought. And if you walk off that sidewalk, you will plummet to your death. (laughs) I assume it's around the corner. Yes, it's around the corner. (laughs) That's going to be at 12 noon on uh, Wednesday, January 25th. Pacific time, obviously. Yep. And the
2: last review is an application review from Mark Rudd. It's called Focal Point 2. Um, this is from on one software and basically it's uh, an application. Uh, it's for basically post processing on your pictures and it, it, it can adjust the bokeh. The bokeh. The bokeh, which is basically focusing. So okay. if you've got an image, you know, sometimes you see an image and it's all blurred in the background. And, you know, you,
1: you can oh, kind of like the soft sort of, focus. thing.
2: Yeah, lots of soft focus. But I think it can also do, oh, I can't remember the, the name of it, where they put, obviously, the focus on um, people in the distance. And it makes them look like the little midgets. And it, it, it tend, <laughs> cha- changes the image completely. But that gets a good review. So a good, uh, a good yep. score. So go take a read.
1: And that's all the stuff we have for mymac.com this week. Now, this was, you know, there are some weeks we just get like almost no feedback at all. This is not one of those weeks. <laughs> so let's crack on. Yeah, we got to keep going here. Uh, we got something again from from Darren Griffin, and this came in a a form. I guess the mymac website has a form you can fill out to leave to leave a. Uh, uh, a comment or something. I didn't even know this. Anyway, he used it. Tim <laughs> sent it to me and he writes, this is from Darren Griffin. He writes, just a quick note to say how much I enjoy the podcast and particularly the last one, which uh, you discussed the technical setup or technical setup needed to produce the show. Love the show and the ban- banter between Guy and Gaz always makes me smile. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Darren.
2: Yeah, thanks very much. And Simon Bainbridge, I presume this was in on email. He suggested iTalk and Bluefire as two iOS audio apps, which uh, I assume he was aiming those at you, Guy.
1: Yeah, I actually have both of these, and they they kind of have their their strengths and balances. And and after I think after MacWorld is over, and I, I kind of process my experience using just iOS. I'll have more to say about these, but I don't want yeah. to go into that right now. No. Okay. Um, Tom Schmidt <laughs> thinks I, cause I I went to the, the, the Baltimore Houston, Baltimore Ravens, Houston Texans. Yeah. I, yeah, playoff I saw that. Yeah. I saw that. Oh, you didn't see the game. Uh, no, I didn't see the game. I saw you'd gone. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. Yeah. I had Twitter messages all over the place. Well, he thinks I should go to those games without my shirt on to spell weird things in grease paint. And I told him that, uh, Trust me, Tom, no one, no one wants to see that. And uh, there were many other messages concerning my attendance at the playoff game, and, and thanks to all that commented.
2: <laughs> now we've got a bit of a follow-up actually i don't know if anybody remembers but we had jake cherry from nottingham yep. who um basically wanted to give us a little bit more information about his apple experience now i don't know if any of the listeners remember but he lost uh, a lot of his uh, tv programs uh, and he tried to go back to apple and they said that he'd have to download whole series where he he'd previously just bought um like single two episodes. Episodes, yeah. and he says um i've been adding more um uh, i've been adding more apple tech to my collection i brought an apple tv from kcrs who's an apple reseller over here in the uk um uh, on saturday and he set it up that night oh good you easy you're keen you get a piece of uh, tech and you got to go yeah. straight away right away he said going through and setting all the settings and signing up to netflix added home sharing and everything was well now here's the funny bit you can watch all the programs you've got from apple And he says, as you'll remember, I deleted a load of programs by mistake. Well, everything, even the things that he wasn't allowed to re-download from Apple, are in his Apple TV library. (laughs) Clearly, Apple do have a master list of every purchase, so why wouldn't they let me re-download them? I don't know, he says. Um, So if any more listeners uh, are contacting us with a a similar problem... um, they could purchase an yeah. Apple TV for the super cheap price of ninety nine dollars, and all this stuff is, stuff is safe. <laughs> he says. He says again. Again, thanks for the great show, and I hope you keep it up for many more episodes to
1: come. Yeah, real well, th- real quick on on what he just said about <clears throat> re downloading it. That's typically that's not really up to Apple, but the no. the content no. copyright owners. That's right. That's They're right. the ones that tell Apple what they can and cannot do with their own content. Yeah,
2: but let's be honest. I'm sure Apple have a bit of uh, leeway on oh, oh, yeah. what they can uh, yeah. allow. So. Yeah, I but, think uh, so. But that's that's good that he's got his, his episode back. So well done, uh, well done Jake.
1: Okay, we got some feedback from Twitter. Uh, the first one, Mark Shepard. Uh, he thinks I'm like Lieutenant Barkley and Gaz is like Data from Star Trek The Next Generation. <laughs> now, the next day, this actually happened the next day. I, I told him that I didn't think I, uh, that I was like Barkley and he came back and was like, what are you talking about? So I had to remind him of his own tweet. Uh, then I also told him that if I had to get into someone's someone's uniform on Star Trek, it would be Seven of Nine from Voyager. And that led to a whole other conversation. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. That we cannot discuss on a family friendly show. <laughs> Since when have and, we been oh, family friendly? Yeah. And yeah. thanks, thanks to you, Gaz and Tom Schmidt and uh, Jody Spangler and quite a few other people for uh, their concern and best wishes to my wife while while we were having all those problems last week. Yeah. Uh, Clive Hammett
2: says he's just heard the latest MyMap podcast, and he asked the question, did you manage to load books onto your Kindle app via iTunes? Well,
1: Well, you can, but you have to sign in via your Amazon account to use the Kindle app for, like, EPUBs and stuff like that. At least that's the way I kind of saw it as I was trying to set it up. And I've got my name and password, and, you know, and we're talking about my password to not just Amazon books, but Amazon, and I don't like having that out there on things that really aren't necessary. So oh, I yeah. decided yeah. not to do that. Okay, but you okay. can do it, I believe. Um, okay, a Mike McPeak.
2: Uh, channeled Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory in postulating that while it is actually the fifth anniversary of the iPhone, (laughs) I think this is my fault, actually, even though Steve Jobs was an interesting man, it is biologically impossible for him to give birth to an iPhone. Frankly, Mike imaging Steve Jobs, or anyone for that matter, giving birth to a cell phone, is an image I could have lived without. So... (laughs) I, I'm sorry, Mike.
1: <laughs>
2: okay. That was feedback from Facebook, by the way.
1: Yep. And uh, we have some audio feedback this week uh, from yep. – from oh, I bet you'll, you know who this is going to be.
3: Hey, you. Um, this is it. Hey, Guy and Gaz. I'm curious. Uh, why aren't, Why isn't the MyMac podcast on Stitcher? I can find uh, Tech Fan and some others, but no matter how I look on Stitcher, I can't find MyMac. Mac kind of curious.
1: Hmm. All right. Just wanted to know. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, Eddie, you weren't the only one who has mentioned that to me over uh, the last couple of weeks. I've had two people from work and at least a couple other people through Twitter and some various other sources that were saying, how come we, I can't get, you know, I think the last episode that anybody saw was before Christmas. Well, something happened to the the feed that Stitcher was doing or they screwed up the feed or something. But Tim went ahead and, I guess, filled out the little form that you have to fill out. And the problem is solved. The MyMac.com podcast is back on Stitcher.
2: Now, that's actually the second time he's done it because I know that he would sent – I saw an email um, uh, between you and him, and uh, he said that he'd already asked them to do it, and it looks like they either hadn't done it yeah, or something went, the ball, no went doubt. wrong. So uh, Tim got it onto it again, and it should be now, it should be now stitched together.
1: That would be nice. Did you see what I did there? Yeah, you you just worked that right so smoothly into the conversation. Okay, so (laughs) polyphobia. Yeah, is this the unnatural fear of parrots? (laughs) (laughs) No,
2: it's much worse than that. Oh, oh, how could it be? Apparently, it's the fear of everything.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So that would include parrots then so yeah actually you were right yeah you yeah were. Yeah. I th- yeah yeah so anyway polyphobia well if now, you have polyphobia how do you number one how do you manage to get into bed at night but how do you manage to get out of bed the next day <laughs> oh there's the floor i'm afraid of the floor oh there's air i'm breathing <laughs> wow
2: yeah polyphobia if you've got that i do feel for you
1: yeah well the, you you know that people aren't that, that have polyphobia aren't listening to this podcast because no, – because they've got a fear of podcasts. They have a fear, of, a fear of people whose names begin with G. Yes, I bet true. if we look really hard, I bet there is a phobia, like G-menophobia or something yeah, like bro, that. I'll, I'll do a search. Okay. Now, now as we, as we don't
2: have a, a tech news of the weird, um, I think, Guy, because I can see into the future, mm-hmm. I think
1: you should take us out. Oh, you are so, so good. So everybody, please stand by to stand by, and we'll be right back with Tanya Angst from Tidbits and the Take Control series of books. Yay!
2: Hey, Guy, have you heard about Not Another
1: Mac Podcast? Oh, Not Another Mac Podcast. Yeah, so you've heard of it then? Heard of what? Not Another Mac Podcast. Gaz, you keep repeating yourself. I'm just telling you the name of the show. No, you don't. You keep telling me about Not Another Mac Podcast. Yep, that's the one. N- what's the one? Not Another Mac Podcast. Gaz, y- you nitwit
2: Brit. Have, have you been drinking? No, you big yank tank. Listen.
3: Not Another Mac Podcast is a roundtable discussion with Mac users and experts from all over the world
1: hey guys we've been on that podcast are we experts now oh brother
2: you can find us in itunes by searching for not another
3: Mac podcast or get it through the stoplight network podcast feed
2: one-hour show that takes 24 hours to record. The G-Men on
1: the MyMac.com podcast. And welcome back to the MyMac.com podcast. This is number 384. And as promised in the first section, we have Tanya Angst, who is the editor-in-chief, along with her husband, Adam Angst, uh, of Tidbits, and she also does some stuff with the Take Control books. So, how, how are you doing? T- how, hello, how are you tonight, Tanya?
0: Hi, hello. I'm I'm doing very well. I'm I'm talking to everybody from upstate New York, Ithaca, New York, which is also you know Tidbits headquarters. My husband Adam and I co-run the entire uh, organization and we have the tidbits website going on and we also have the take control ebooks series so there's never a dull moment here never
2: (laughs) so never never a dull moment because i think fairly recently you've you've changed the whole tidbits process haven't you
0: well tidbits has been uh an electronic publication of one form or another since 1991 so that means that we had to convert our stuff to the web. And we love doing tidbits. We've been doing it for a very long time. People can read um, all kinds of articles about using the Mac or what we think about the Internet or what's happening with Apple on the tidbits website. Or they can read them in email or RSS or Lots of different ways. And what we've really been struggling with for the last three or four years is that it's no longer enough to kind of write a few articles and send them out in email or write a few articles and kind of stick them on the website that you hand-coded yourself. We've really been uh, encountering a situation where we need to pay people to host our website, to do all kinds of development to make the website do all kinds of great things, and and frankly, to write a lot of content. We, we want to have enough content that the site is interesting to visit, not just weekly, but more than once weekly. So although everything we've always done with Tidbits is still free to anybody who wants to access it, we've added a few very small perks, and we've asked people who like what we do to become Tidbits members. And... Um, People can be tidbits members for twenty dollars a year or several other other levels of membership above that. It's completely optional, um, but we're hoping to raise enough money to have tidbits be a little bit more. Self-funded, instead of being um, kind of a labor of love on the part of Adam and I and a few other people. And so far, the good news is it's it's been it's been going well. People do like us enough to sign up, and um, we're starting to 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 feel kind of optimistic that uh, Tidbits could be self-supporting if we you know keep up the memberships. And we're starting to think about you know how to best spend the money so that things stay operational it's, it's a yeah, very it, is, exciting it, is it, time for us
2: yeah is it something that you, you, you're thinking much longer term to keep uh, keep the whole website going the whole process well, going
0: adam and i started tidbits mm-hmm. when we were oh i don't know like 21 years old or something um and you know tidbits has passed its 20th birthday <laughs>
1: <laughs> back then uh, it was take control of your mac system five
0: <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. So um, we don't really plan to stop doing tidbits. We're, I'm not even sure we would like know what to do if we didn't have tidbits <laughs> to put out. Yeah, we, we would be dazed and confused. So yeah, welcome um, to this my point, world. we're not we're not really thinking, oh, my gosh, you know, what will we do? You know, when we're 80. Clearly, we need to do something about tidbits before we're 80. Right. Um, Take control of really your s- walker. Hmm?
1: Sorry, I'm just kidding. Go ahead.
0: (laughs) Well, we're really trying to think, you know, okay, guys, like, you know, seriously, how how do we make this work? Um, And how do we make this work? You know, we're not in our 20s. We're not just going to stay up all night doing this because it's cool. And neither are the people who are writing for us. Um, You know, we've got kids. We've got college educations. We're here in the United States where college education is um, a challenge. We have mortgages. We have all that stuff. And You know, websites nowadays, they need, you know, awesome commenting systems, they need secure user accounts, Um, you know, tagging and categorizing and just a lot of things that you really have to get, you know, a programmer or, you know, a server kind of expert person and, you know, pay them real money to do this stuff. And we roll our own as much as we possibly can, but we can't roll our own, you know, and keep up with Apple all in the same day. So we've just decided we need to inject some money into the system
2: that's that's fair enough so uh, so how is take control is that at all associated with tidbits or are they completely separated um, categories or not categories, but two completely separated businesses almost
0: well, an excellent question um, Take control is a series of electronic books it is published by tidbits Publishing Inc so to answer your question, it is the same company. Um, by and large, the people who write a lot for tidbits also happen to be common authors of the take control books, but it's not, um, not meant to be, uh, exclusive or, you know, you don't have to write for one to write for the other or anything like that. And the, the books, um, we've, we've had a few free books actually along the way, but for the most part, we charge, um, Ten or fifteen dollars for a book and and they 're much longer than a tidbits article and uh, frankly they 've been absolutely funding everything since we started them. Um, tidbits does not make nearly enough money to pay for itself, and the the books have have um, been how do you say it an a, important a part help. of our revenue model <laughs>
1: now is there <laughs> is there parts of uh, tidbits and take control of your whatever books that are separate or do you also release electronic books or even hard copy books, uh, under tidbits?
0: Um, let me think.
1: Now back in the day, you, some of these books must've been hard copy.
0: Well, back in the day, so way back in the day, back to the, <laughs> the early Dead Tree 1990s, versions. right? It's the early 1990s. Really, ebooks are are you know? I guess we could do an ebook, but but what happened was um, Adam, my husband, and I um, wrote some normal hard copy books, you know, like you'd find on the shelves of Borders and Barnes and Noble, and, and that went pretty well, and we got to know a lot of the other Mac authors. Most most of the people in the Mac world kind of know each other most of the writers and we just kind of got involved in that community and and we liked it very much but as time progressed and the internet moved along. And and frankly, the speed at which software was being developed increased. We all, we all were getting very frustrated with these printed books because, you know, you, you'd slave away for hours and hours and you'd write this 600-page monstrosity and it would finally get published. And then it would take, you know, six weeks or 10 weeks. It takes less time now than it did back when we started the series. Sure. But by the time it would actually get onto a shelf in a store so someone could buy it, you know, like a quarter of it would be obsolete.
1: Yeah, out of date. And
0: yeah, that was very frustrating. So what, what tidbits had um, was a lot of people who read tidbits. So... We started uh, a series of ebooks, really instead of writing print books, which, which we could have done um, and, and in fact, the first few ebooks we worked with Peach Pit uh, to have them also kind of uh, recreated as, as print books. The idea was you could get the ebook right away or if you wanted to you know wait a month, you could then get the print book and and frankly, the, the ebooks just especially Apple has just gone bananas really as far as the, the speed of what they're doing and the the ebooks have just worked wonderfully because we can uh you know we can declare it, it done and then we can we can have it in the hands of readers in just a few days if we want to. So that's that's been very neat for us.
1: Now when you when you release these ebooks, this kind of came up on the show last week. Uh is there an ebook reader for the Mac that you prefer over some others. I've tried the Kindle one, but you have to put in your Amazon information. You know, there, there's, there doesn't seem to be that many choices for reading eBooks on your Mac. If you want to read it on your iOS device, yeah, you don't have a problem. But reading it on the Mac, I, I couldn't find one that was really any good. Do you have one that you use?
0: Well, I I... Myself, for the most part, would get my ebook in PDF format and mm-hmm. then just read it in, in Apple's Preview, preview right. or you know Adobe Reader. Although I personally prefer Preview uh, very much, and uh, I think part of why there aren't ebook readers for the Mac is because Preview and Adobe Reader are free and everyone already has them. And I think it'd be easy to imagine some features. That would be more in support of of ebook reading that those programs don't have. Right, but um, those programs are also free and ubiquitous.
1: But how do you? What happens when when the books themselves have DRM? Can you still convert them over to PDF?
0: Well, honestly, I don't read ebooks that have DRM on my Mac. I mean, I might read them on my Kindle, for instance. Right, but I've just really never never tackled that. And I I can't really recommend one because um, I, I sort of don't recommend the whole process. <laughs> so
1: you guys don't use DRM for your tidbit books or your take control books?
0: That's right. But we that don't use DRM. Is great.
1: That is fantastic. And
0: it's not – I think well, it's not I, so much that we um, – it would be nicer if there was a DRM that was designed to be a lot more end-user friendly. So the DRM tools that we have right now are just too prohibitive to, to the end user. So as far as I'm concerned, if someone buys a book from me, I, I feel like they should be able to use the ebook very much the way they would use a print book. So that means <laughs> if they live… Blasphemous, um, say,
1: blasphemous.
0: Well, if they live, say, with three other people, whether they're exactly family members or maybe it's, you know, kind of a college living with roommates situation, right. whatever it is, clearly everyone in that household would read the book if it was a print book and, you know, everyone wanted to read it. It would just get, you know, traded around. And I feel like the e-books are meant to be used in that same way. And the the – Actual DRM software that is available right now does not allow the publisher to, in, in any sort of friendly way, make it so people can trade the ebook around the way they would a print book. So it's yeah.
2: kind so, of an all or nothing. So I've, I've got to say, Tony, that's absolutely here, here, because one yes. of the things that I've said previously is that, you know, the the print industry seems to think that they can treat the electronic side uh, of the book version completely different, and that puts an awful lot of people off. I mean, my wife is a, an ardent book reader, and we go out and buy other books because she's been lent a book from somebody. This isn't particularly te- technical books. These are generally fiction books. But she will go and obviously she'll get lent a book from somebody else. And then she'll go out and we'll be buying books by that author. And I think for me the same things happen with Take Control because somebody um, uh, showed me a Take Control book and I now have I think four or five um, and one of the absolute superb processes of, of titbit books as well is the check for updates as well, which I think is a superb part of the process. And it makes me want to come back to the publisher that's doing that sort of stuff. And it makes me want to come back and, you know, perhaps buy other books. And if I can lend it perhaps to somebody else who then sees it, sees the process, is quite happy with the process, they're more likely also to come and perhaps buy a book from you as well.
0: Well that that's definitely definitely the the idea. Just that, you know, if we can do a high quality job and keep putting out books that people want to read, then hopefully enough of our audience, you know, will wanna pay for them. And then, you know, we have a business model that is respectful of ordinary people who just, you know, want to do ordinary things with their with their books. And I guess for take control, a small advantage that we have is that um what we write about really does go obsolete very quickly. So if if someone gets a book of mine that's three years old, it, it may not do them very much good anyway because it, so much of it is out of, out of date. And so as you said, we have this check for update system, which is basically a button on the cover of the PDF version of the book or um, in other formats that aren't PDF. There's a different mechanism. But people can click this button, come in back to our server possibly find a free update of the entire book, possibly just find some blog postings about some things that have changed, or possibly find that there is a new edition and that we're giving them a discounted price on that new edition. So we're trying to make it easy for people to deal with the fact that the particular books that we publish, you know, which cover things like, um, you know, iCloud or iOS, those topics are constantly evolving, and so people um, need more dynamism in their book, you know, just a static book um, will, will go obsolete very quickly for them.
1: Yeah, who would have yeah. figured that, that uh, Mac users would like something that's easy to use? <laughs> you know, and, and, this is, and this is part of the reason why the, the movie industry, the TV industry, the music industry, they don't understand the technology behind the digital editions or the digital versions of what it is they're selling.
2: Oh, I think they understand the technology guy. What, what I don't think they get is the, the, the everyday person's process and thought process about purchasing and using and, and someone's mindset when they've actually got something in their hand and they feel that they have ownership over it. I think that's the difference. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that, that's a, that's a whole minefield that we could get into.
1: (laughs) Well, Tanya, uh, before, before we, go ahead.
2: I was just going to ask Tanya, actually your next um, update for mobile me. What is that going to be a one pager? <laughs> <laughs> um, das ist kaputt. Oh, the, the
0: poor mobile me book. Um, we're, yeah. I've got
2: three, yeah, I've we, got three we, editions of that book.
0: <laughs> um, if. If we have you in our database correctly, which we can check um, offline or off the the podcast, you should have gotten an attractive offer for um, take control of iCloud. Oh, Um, I think I
2: did. I think I did.
0: Which uh, yeah, Yeah. effectively replaces that book. Um, You know, poor poor Joe Kissel, the the author of the Mobile Me book. You know, he thought at first the iCloud book would be you know oh a simple little update. A few things have changed, and um, that turned into a, a huge project for him. And 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 we thought we were going to be maybe as much as a month late from when iCloud came out but it became so apparent that so many people had all kinds of questions about making the transition that we just Joe and I just buckled down and did a few well we don't really do all-nighters anymore but we did a few long days to get to get that book out and then we yeah. updated it Twice. We've updated it twice since it came out in October.
2: <laughs> and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Is Joe's based in Europe, isn't he?
0: Yes, Joe is in Paris. Yeah. And, and, and this see. is wonderful because he he works on stuff while I'm still sleeping in the morning.
2: <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a baton in a relay race. He hands it over to you and you can check it and then, and then you when run you've done him. your lap, mm-hmm. you can then uh, mm-hmm. obviously hand the baton back to him.
0: Except it's better than that. He works in in Paris in in his morning and day or, uh, you know, whatever the time is there. I think he's five hours off from me. I get up and work for three or four hours. And then if we're really stretched, uh, we pull in um, a fellow Michael Cohen on the West Coast who also has a lot of, um, uh, you know, Mac tech editing and copy editing skills. And then after, you know, my... Mid afternoon and evening, I just pass the whole thing to him, and then he passes it to Joe. And we just <laughs> the whole thing. The manuscript is never sleeping. Someone's always working on it. Uh, it's very fun.
1: Yeah, you need somebody in like Japan or Korea.
0: Yeah, that would that would top it off. <laughs> we'll,
1: we'll work on that. <laughs> well, when, uh, let's let's skip away from this for just a minute. Let's talk about you. Uh, when did you become a Mac user?
0: Oh, my goodness. Wow. I haven't been asked that question in ages. I became a Mac user in my senior year of high school when my boyfriend made me type up a creative writing piece that I had done so that I could submit it to um, a contest with, um, you know, with it typed instead of handwritten. Mm-hmm. Um, I quite liked the Mac, and then um, I had the good fortune to attend Cornell University, and Cornell was very early uh with the macintosh, so my you know freshman year at cornell i didn't own a mac but i I was exposed to them in the in the computer labs and and I liked them very much and and that was that was the beginning of it all
1: so what was the first one you actually owned
0: oh an s e a wow. mac s e that was i was really what really grabbed me about the mac was the typography I just thought it was so cool to be able to pick your own font so that you could e- express something about yourself or about your work with, with the use of typography, and that was something, you know, that. Really, before the Mac, unless you wanted to hand draw the font yourself, you know, character by character, right. it really wasn't a good way for a, a normal everyday person to to do that. So it was the typography, and the desktop publishing that that drew me into the Mac.
1: Yeah. Plus, also, was, you can you can kind of uh, fill up a research paper research paper really quickly using like Comic Sans Seventy Two. <laughs>
0: Yes. And when I was at Cornell, um, for much of the time I was there, my student job was to work in the computer rooms at Cornell. And most of that would just be like I was the, um, I don't know, responsible adult in charge of the room, you know, (laughs) for a three hour shift, which basically meant, you know, don't let people walk out with the laser printers. Um, (laughs) But my senior year at Cornell, I got to be a supervisor, the person in charge of those other people who worked the shifts in the computer rooms. And there were six of us supervisors and we had an office. This office was, you know, sort of an armpit of a place down in some <laughs> basement with you know, like no window. And it was probably, you know, like nine feet by nine feet or something. But we thought it was awesome because I had a laser printer in it. And the laser printer was the way you got the extra little boost to your grade because you could boost, um, you know, you could print the, your your, thing, your your paper on the laser printer instead of the image writer and it would just look way better. And,
1: oh yeah. Yeah. Plus yeah. you didn't have that annoying as it was printing yeah. out.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was the perk of the job. All the, all the free laser printing you could, you could get out of that office.
2: So Tanya, which, uh, uh which, uh, Apple device do
0: you use most now? Well, which one the most? I probably use my Mac Mini the most because that's my primary computer.
1: Gaz is very uh, happy to hear that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I recently downsized my office. My office is... Um, it's about a six-by-four room. It's kind of a, a little bitty room off the main living area in my house. And in downsizing my office, I downsized my desk. So the Mac Mini um, was a good choice. But my my, um, my most favorite Mac right now is kind of a, a present that I got at the end of the year, which is uh, I have an 11-inch MacBook Air.
2: <laughs> we have is, so much in common. Is,
0: this is the sweetest computer ever. And yeah. I'm sure lots of people listening to this have have seen a MacBook Air and held it. But if you haven't, you sort of have to go to an Apple store just yes. just to hold it because yes. it's so fabulously light. And I'm a person who previously my favorite laptop ever was was my my Duo from, you know, way back when. Oh yeah. And this this is is sort of in competition um for what will become my favorite laptop ever. It's just um so astonishingly light and and so uh beautiful. So so I have that on my desk. It, it just it just barely fits next to the Mac Mini.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now are are you and Adam going to be at, at the Macworld Expo this year?
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah, because I know that – uh, I don't want to go into it too much, but I know that there's a, a gathering that's going to be occurring, and we won't say where and we won't say when. But uh, I know that, that you're going to be getting together with with a lot of the other uh, Mac writers that, are, that will be at the Mac World Expo. Now, do you guys actually have like a, a booth or something this year, or are you going to be hanging out in the press room?
0: You know, we were talking about getting a booth this year. It feels like um, – the tidbits has grown up to the point where the cost of a booth is not completely you know ridiculous Out of the question right um but as of yet, no booth um, Adam and I um, are on the show floor a lot, we are in the media room some of the time we try very hard to see a great number of people during macworld expo there's actually an article in um tidbits this week that details the public speaking that we're going to be doing so i can't remember what adam is going to be doing but i'm doing um a talk on one of the macworld stages about um Kids and internet and tech and screen time and that yeah. kind of thing.
1: Yeah, Tim and I will be doing a stage uh, a stage presentation. Not sure what we're going to talk about yet. We'll probably figure it out about five minutes before we go on.
0: That's the best way to do yeah. it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, how you doing? It's, it's Tim and Guy. Yay. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Tip your bartenders and waitresses.
0: Yes, so, I was trying to figure out what what uh, companies were going to be at Macworld this, this year, earlier, earlier this week. Um, and I was poking around in the Macworld website, and there's a, lot of, there's a lot of good information there about who's going to be at the show. But you have to uh, explore a bit. It seems like they divided them up into different categories. Yeah. At, now, at first, I thought there were only about 30 vendors coming. But then I realized I was only looking in the most obvious category. Yeah. Well,
1: we talked to Paul, Paul Kent, and he told me that they are going to update the, the the Macworld Expo app, the one they had, like the one they had last year.
0: Yeah, yeah, for the iPhone.
1: Yeah, have they, have they? Do you know if they've come out with that yet? I haven't seen it.
0: I think they have because I think that I saw an app that has the new name of the show, you know, because oh, the I new World? name has that right. funny line in it and iExpo in it.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I haven't seen it. I'm going to have to go and look for it. Uh, yeah, yeah. What else is going on in the world of Tidbits, Tanya, and Adam Angst?
0: Well, I think we are waiting with trepidation and interest for Thursday yeah. when yeah. it is rumored that Apple will announce the GarageBand for e-books.
1: I would really love to see that.
0: Now, just to be clear, I have no inside knowledge whatsoever. But Adam and I, you know, spent lunch today talking about what this might mean and you know, big concerns for us were well, first of all, what if it sucks? <laughs> <laughs> Second of all, what if it only makes EPUBs? What will that do for um for us and for Uh, all the people who read eBooks because, I mean, the EPUB is great, but some people want the PDF format and some people want uh, like a Mobi format so they can copy it over to their Kindle. So it seems likely that Apple would make an EPUB-only eBook maker because that would sort of protect their uh, turf with the iBook store, which – Supports primarily EPUBs. It does um, load in PDFs, but it doesn't offer all the features for PDFs that it does for EPUBs. Like um, it doesn't offer highlighting or leaving little notes for yourself, which which can be done with a PDF. It's just Apple has chosen not to do that. It's like they they grudgingly allowed PDFs in, but they don't they don't seem to really like them.
1: (laughs) Kind of like podcasts. Anyway. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, Tanya, I wanted to thank you so very, very much for coming on the uh, the show tonight. Uh, is there any? Is there like a, a contact email that you'd like to give out?
0: I think people can um, find me on Twitter. I'm just I'm Tanya Angst T-O-N-Y-A E-N-G-S-D or they can te- check out the Take Control series at TakeControlBooks.com.
1: Terrific. Well, thank you so very much again for being on the show tonight. It was truly
0: my pleasure. This was fun.
1: (laughs) Gaz, take us out. Okay, everybody. Stand by to stand by, and we'll be right back. And you know we will.
3: I wonder if anybody knows about my great podcast, Pocket-Sized Podcast, where I talk all about iOS devices, iPhone, iPad, iPod Touch, Apple TV. Does anybody listen? Excuse me,
2: sorry to interrupt, but I couldn't help overhearing you, and I just wanted to tell you that I listen to Pocket-Sized
3: Podcast. You do? Is it because of the wonderful product reviews? No. Is it because it's short and concise, and it covers all your favorite Apple devices? No. Is it because I'm a genius and you think I'm the greatest podcaster ever? No. Well, then what is it? Why do you listen to Pocket Size Podcast?
2: Because I'm your dad.
3: Okay, now I'm going to get beaten up by all the other podcasters. (laughs) You don't have to be my dad to listen to Pocket Size Podcast from the Stoplight Network. Find us at pocketsizepodcast.com. We're all about Apple's iOS devices like iPhone, iPad, iPod Touch, and Apple TV. We're short, we're to the point, and eh, you may like us, even if you're not my dad.
2: the MyMac.com podcast with Guy and Gaz, two light bulbs that don't fit their sockets.
1: And welcome back to the MyMac.com podcast. This is number 384. Thanks, Tanya, for coming on. And that was good. I think we could have Talked on and on and on. Actually, Can we could know, have, it? but then this would have been like a two-hour show, and, and uh, nobody wants that.
2: Yeah, we don't want that.
1: Yep. So uh, <laughs> we have like this whole big thing that that Gaz went to a lot of trouble to make, but we're not going to do it this week. It has to do with <laughs> like some of the typical apps that the two of us use, and it's it's a great topic, and we will get to this probably after, or most definitely after uh, the Mac World sometime expert. in June, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just in time to start talking about Macworld Expo 2013.
2: <laughs> okay, so so we're going to – obviously that um, interview with Tonya was quite long. Um, so we're going to get straight into our app picks. So, uh, yep. Guy.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, I got yeah. – You this, go first. Go on. Okay. This is a game that I ran into a uh, a number of years ago. From Feral Interactive, which is a UK company, I believe. Yeah, I must get in contact with them and see if we can grab some of,
2: you know, of the media to talk people to them because an interview or something. I
1: did talk to them. They were at the at one of the past Mac World Expos and a bunch of great guys. I had a really good yeah. time talking to them. Yeah. Well, yeah. the name of the app is called The Movies. It's $29.99 at the Mac App Store. I don't have it from the Mac App Store. I've got it on disk that I bought some, some time ago. And it was the game, the movies, and then an expansion pack uh, called Stunts and Explosions or something like that added a lot of content to the game. And I think I ended up, for both of those, ended up paying like you know 80 to to $100 for the two of them. Now, for the entire thing, 30 bucks. And the way the game works is you're managing a movie studio. You set up scripts. You set up the actors. You have maintenance people. You have to deal with with you know actors being actors you know basically idiots and just all kinds of stuff it's it's so much fun but where i really enjoy it is in the sandbox mode where you can kind of set up your own movies and you can add like uh stunts and have them do certain things completely out of order change the way that they're what clothes they're wearing right in between scenes sometimes even within the same scene now, you could make something so surreal that it, it just it, – anything you can imagine, you can pretty much do in this as a movie. And this this particular program has one of my highest recommendations for fun. This is just a fun, fun game. And it's the cool. Movies by Feral Interactive.
2: Cool. i have to uh, check that one out. Um, okay. My app pick is one that I've been using for a long time. And you may, you may wonder why you want to spend money. Actually, on an application to um, basically <laughs> control your iTunes music um, because that's what Cover Sutra does, but it, it does it in a bit more of an interactive way than you know just using iTunes on its own. Um, this is a it, you can use it as a menu bar application, or you can uh, basically leave a like, uh, they do your album artwork and you can have three different types of styles, which just sits on, on your desktop playing away. And obviously, when the next track comes on, if the album art changes, it will change. And, you know, there's, there's three different types. One looks like a, a you know, they all look like CD cases. Well, two of them look like CD cases. And one looks like a, an LP case. So, it's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a bit of fun. Um, But the reason I like it is because it's a lot easier. I find it a lot easier because there's some shortcuts to actually rate my music. And I I like rating the music as I go through it because I use those ratings when I'm creating um, a lot of my...
1: Like playlists and
2: stuff. Playlists, yeah, yeah, and um, so that's one thing that I like using it for. And it it is quite intuitive the way you use it to you know control your music. And it also does a lot of searching. It's quite good with searches. So it's two pounds ninety nine. So I'm, I'm not quite sure what it would be in the US. That's probably a uh, guy. Probably about four bucks, four, four or five bucks. Yeah. Um, but it's 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 just a nicely done application, and it interacts with iTunes very nicely. So uh, it gets some good ratings. Um, so if you don't mind spending that little bit of money. Um, I can, I can highly recommend it. Um, it obviously takes you away. You know, you can, you, you can minimize, um, iTunes into your dock and just leave that there rather than having the mini player up because the mini player is okay, but you can't do any searching or you can't do any changes to the ratings and it'll play podcasts as well. So I, I quite like it and that's yep. Cover, Cover Sutra.
1: I've actually never rated my music just because it was such a pain in the neck to get started with it mm, yeah. but if if cover sutra can can make that a, a less of a painful experience then yeah because i i know when i usually do a um uh, when i'm listening to music in the car i just have it do a shuffle and i know right. that if you have certain songs that are rated higher than others that those songs will come up more often in you know in the the, the whatever the algorithm is for shuffle on in iOS. It's funny, I heard an interesting
2: story about, um, really? and I, I don't know how, this, how true this is, but somebody was talking about Apple Shuffle when it first came out, um, because of you know, the Shuffle iPod, and they said that the, the Shuffle, that the, the algorithm that they used, was so good that if you use Shuffle, it never seemed to repeat a song. And Apple had to change it because a true shuffle, you could get a song repeating, of course. Right. Because it's to- uh, you know if it's totally random, then you could have the same com- the same song come up three times. Now that's a not a very good algorithm, of course. <laughs> but, well, that's you know, only it- if
1: you have one song in your library.
2: Yeah, of course, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but you know, th- apparently that they had to. T- I don't know how true this is, but um, I thought it was quite interesting and probably right. You know, somebody said, "Well, we must we must make sure that a song in shuffle doesn't repeat ever if there are enough songs within a right. time frame." Of course. Um, uh, and then apparently there were some complaints. Well, it does shuffle, but you know sometimes in shuffle, if you're just doing shuffle, you get a repeat of a song. So apparently they <laughs> had to change it. I just, yeah, I just thought it was quite interesting. That is cool. Uh, <laughs> we
1: we have a people's pick. This is this is the one I Yay, forgot about last well week. Done, people's and uh, this is from good friend of the show, Magnetico. Thank you, Magnetico. It's Brick Saber by Mechanism. M E K. A N I S M Incorporated, that's free. It's one of those freemium games, you know, you can have the add-ons and stuff. And uh, that's available in iTunes. So thanks Magnetico, we appreciate that. Excellent. Uh, something weird happened on Facebook.
2: Yeah. Yeah. This is well
1: we got a new liker, which Mike McPeak liked us, so thank you, Mike. But our count went from ninety eight to ninety seven do you it. said you said Facebook changed some things. Yeah, you so thought, I can't I can't go back into it and look at the overall list of, of likers easily. Okay. So uh, you know I I have to figure that out. Okay,
2: well, but we're down to ninety seven officially. Unofficially, we think we're at ninety eight, folks. But still, get on there like us because guys going to be giving away some stuff when we get up to top. So you best you best do it. <laughs> You best do it now. Uh, yep. iTunes reviews. If you could go into iTunes and give us a review, we would love you to do that. If you'd be so kind, we'd say thank you, thank you, thank you.
1: <laughs> and there's actually in the U.S. store, there is a new iTunes review. Oh, wow. wow. Yay. And that's from Richard Hart. And he says, uh, this podcast has been going for a few years. Since Guy and Gas took over, it has improved considerably. Then he has in parentheses, sorry, Tim. <laughs> uh, perhaps the fact that I am a Brit living in NYC and hearing a fellow Brit has something to do with it. Well, I mean, I used to do it with uh with David Cohen, too. But that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> it's nice to listen to other people having problems with their machines. And we do that a lot. And how they fix them. Always something new you can learn. If you want a high-tech podcast discussing the speed configurations of a hard drive compared to a Cheetah, then go elsewhere. If you want to be entertained uh, by two nice chaps talking about Macs in a language we can all understand, then this is the place for you. Keep up the good work. Richard. Uh, thank you so very much, Richard. That was a very nice review. If you will right, send yeah. me an email, and we'll have our contact uh, information in just oh, a little yes. bit. Oh, time. I will send you a Wooty. And the Wooty is an award that so far surpasses the Oscar. And, uh, all right. No, I'm kidding. It, it's, it's, a, it's a PDF that I will send you <laughs> yeah. that has your name on it and some funny stuff.
2: Yeah. Send your email in, Richard. Thanks.
1: Yep. And <laughs> to, I'll send you guy. a wordy. Yeah. And now, Guy, where where does
2: he need to send that email?
1: Well, he needs to send that to guy at mymac.com. And uh, please follow me as well on uh, Twitter, Richard. That's at twitter.com forward slash MacParrot. And what about you, Gaz? Uh,
2: Pretty. Pretty much the same, to be perfectly honest with you, Guy. Gaz at mymac.com. That's not Guy Gaz at mymac.com. That's just Gaz at mymac.com. Or on the Twitters, uh, twitter.com forward slash Gazmaz. G-A-Z-M-A-Z. And there is another Twitter account, which, uh, gets the occasional viewing and the, the occasional comment, which is twitter.com forward slash Guy and Gaz. That's
1: G-U-Y-A-N-D. G-A-Z. Yep. No spaces and no the. And you can also <laughs> send feedback to Fearless Leader Tim to uh, to complain or, or say how wonderful we are at feedback at mymac.com. And my god gaz, there is yet another way they can contact us.
2: And yeah, I think Mr. Eddie Spaghetti did it this week. We're and on he- his speed dial. It is. It's got a speed dial to seven oh seven oh three four three six nine five zero one. That's a Skype
1: number. That is a Skype number, and we thank everyone that that uh that takes the time to to comment back to us because this yep. is your guy's show and we love the feedbacks and we will always, always keep it on the show. Yep. So Super. thank you all. Thank you very much. Yep. Thank you all so very, very much for downloading the podcast. I think it's about time to go, guys. <sighs> Uh, Bye-bye, Guy. Bye-bye, guys. Thanks for downloading the MyMac.com podcast. Please check out the Stoplight Network for other podcasts like the Tech Fan Podcast, Pocket Size Podcast, Not Another Mac Podcast, Geekiest Show Ever, the Mac Specialist Podcast, and the all-new App Minute Podcast. There was a young sailor from Toledo who went to the beach in a Speedo. But when he looked down, he started to frown because there was a squib instead of a torpedo.